podcast about people making the world a better place. So, uh, hi everyone. Welcome to uh, Artwork Interviews. Your host, uh, I almost said Kelly. <laughs> She's on my mind, Teddy. But uh, Andrew Kelly it seems to be my name. But uh, Kelly and our special co-host could not uh, make it today. She had a, a physical calamity. So we're all praying, hoping that Kelly and the Canadian Goose will get proper medical care in Canada. I don't know what their friggin' situation is there. Yeah, you got to be on a list to see a specialist. And don't get me started. You know, everybody says, oh, a Canadian has beautiful health care. No, no, no. All right. So uh, come to New York. You can see a specialist in uh, seven hours. All right. So uh, this is a production of Hello, Hooray. Uh, I actually said that today. So hello, Hooray. Making the world a better place through podcasts, people, something. <laughs> and that's her voice, too, on the promo, Dave. So, yeah, that's me. That's me. You can see the, the resemblance. Aardvark. You see the resemblance, right, there. Yeah. The aardvark. I was with you. All right, good. <laughs> and we got a special guest, Dave Morgan, who's a musician. He's also worked in the movies, television, theater, being in the pits and uh yeah he's been around the neighborhood let's put it that way you know it's just a couple of things uh the uh <clears throat> patreon account for uh uh aardvark interviews is aardvark interviews and the patreon account for hello hooray is hello hooray live so hit up us up with those patreon accounts you've been doing very well lately i noticed uh Keep the contributions coming. Keep us in action. So I can bring great guests like Dave Morgan here, who's a real musician as opposed to, you know, your bathtub musicians, your, you know, listen to me, I could play an instrument kind of people. Dave, did you always know you wanted to be a musician? I've wanted to be a musician uh, for a very long time. Um I would say one thing, since this is about making the world a better place, that I, I'm one of those people that believes that every child is a musician, that, you know, everybody has a musical instinct and everybody everybody starts that way. But I'm going to interpret your question as, did, did I know I wanted to do this uh, for to make a living, to, to, to be the thing that I did in the world? And yeah, I probably started working when I was about 13 professionally. So it's wow. it's been a long time. It was that or being a professional basketball player when I was around 10 or 11. And I and I realized that I was probably going to have better prospects as a musician. I'm not sure my family thought that. But well, what about astronaut? You didn't want to be an astronaut. Wasn't in my wasn't in my you know scope of thoughts to be an astronaut. Um what was your first gig ever? The first, hmm. I, you know, it's that's an interesting question. So I should start by saying I play 
like woodwind instruments, flutes, clarinets, saxophones, uh, reed instruments. Um, and I would say that the, aside from things like teen clubs and stuff like that, the first job where I actually got paid was playing in dinner theaters in suburban DC. I grew up in, <clears throat> I grew up in suburban DC, um, College Park, Maryland, just north of the district line off of Route 1. And uh, I started there. There's a whole local dinner theater scene there. I don't know if it's still there. It's one of the most bizarre things you can imagine. I don't know as a big What's ass it called? Actor. What's it called? Well, there are dinner dinner theaters there. So I don't know as a big ass actor if you've ever had that experience, but you would get to be you would you would play your part in the show and people would arrive early and sit and eat, and then they would sit at their table and continue to drink in the sort of nightclub scenario while you did the show. Mm, okay. um, and so that was something that uh, <laughs> that a combination of young people and old people did in the orchestra pits in those days. Hmm. Let me ask you a question right now, Dave Morgan. Is it easier to get the chicks when you're a rock god like you are? Um, hmm. Sure. Sure. Okay, we'll go with sure. <coughs> All right, so you're a starving musician. You're going to these uh, these dinner theater shit houses or whatever they are. And, uh, you know, you're making your bones. You're making your bones, you know. What was your first big break? And you said to yourself, wow, this may be a big break. Well, um, I would say that the thing that thing that was the the one of the biggest turning. I had a couple of lucky things that happened in my life, and uh, so I'm I'm going to answer that kind of seriously. One of the luckiest things is that I've been lucky in that the people who taught me, helped me, supported me all along the way were remarkable talents and serious musicians and um you know I'm, I'm always i always thank god that i didn't get what it what i deserved so the people around me were um of such an incredible character uh you know my first flute player my first flute teacher was the uh was a uh a teenage girl who lived in my neighborhood and, and she went on to become the piccolo player in the Cincinnati orchestra for oh, like shit. 40 years. And the, the guy who gave me my first saxophone was one of the, even though he was teaching fifth grade band a uh, couple of days a week, he was one of the, um, one of the number one reed players in uh, Washington, DC, a guy named Bob Silverstein. So, I would say if you want to count any big break, it was being able to go to Manhattan School of Music and move to New York when I was uh, only 18 and find a way to like live here and play and learn and meet people, um, which isn't, I, I feel like it's harder and harder as time goes by. I feel like the expression ain't nothing happening, but the rent is more and more common for people who are trying to get somewhere in the arts where they can make art for a living. Right. So you're still on the uh, ascension. To the so throne. this is the story of in the beginning, I am born and this we're going, we're right. following the bio biographical path here. 
All right. So let me ask you this. Did you did a time ever come when you said, you know, screw this. I'm not making any money at this shit. I'll never make it to uh, to the point I want to be. I can hardly pay my bills. You know, I'm, I'm just packing the shit in. Did that ever cr- come into your mind, Dave? That happens probably weekly. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, at least weekly where you have the feeling that um, the, it's it's hard if if you're looking if you're looking to get extrinsically rewarded for this, if you're looking for people like Andrew Kelly to tell you that you're doing a great job, um, that then you're not in the right business. Uh-huh. Um, the uh, there's a there's a joke about the uh, the uh, the I hate to tell a, a racist joke here, but it's a it's a yeah. Polish joke. There's a joke about the Polish jazz musician, and of course, in the scenario of a Polish joke, the Polish person isn't supposed to be very sharp. The Polish jazz musician was only in it for the money. So uh, <laughs> they, you know, I I will say I I have been lucky. Honestly, I have been really lucky because I've been able to keep doing this for 50 years. I mean, the, this the 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 payback is that the payback isn't that you get rich or famous or successful. The uh, a musical friend of mine said one time that he was he promised himself he would quit if he wasn't successful by the time he was 30. And he woke up one day, he was 30 and he wasn't successful, but he was making a living and he couldn't do anything else to make the same bread. So he just went on being the same, you know, schlump of a musician that he was when he was 20. And it, you know, woke up one day and it was, we were in our 60s. So it kind of works like that. Um, Dave, I, I know you've been nominated for awards and everything for your saxophone. I'm not laughing actually it's a true okay he's, that's good. he's a little modest or whatever i i've actually seen this dude play and it's not like your grandfather's jazz it's <laughs> like all oh, it's it's beautiful it's just hopping and it, you know it's just it's not jazz you want to like open a vein to basically it's just happy it's kind of upbeat jazz then there's some melodic numbers whatever but uh this man's been nominated for <clears throat> Uh, awards in the realm of saxophone playing is it alto or tenor and what the hell's the difference well uh, that's a good question so the difference is basically size and the always size then size always matters there and the saxophone that i play in the in the band that that you like uh the name of that band is funk shui nyc how do you spell that f-u-n-k-s-h-u-i n-y-c and I play the baritone saxophone in that band, which baritone. is uh, an Jesus. even there's bigger a third saxophone. One. There's a third one. There's, alto, so there's soprano, tenor, alto, tenor baritone. And uh, so I play. Which I play, one is the biggest? Which one has the, the biggest? The baritone is the big one with the, you know, the great big thing. That's the so one. So that's, that that's the biggest long. That's the biggest one to play. Right. And, uh, and also the lowest. Uh, but so, yeah, I play um, that's. You know, when people ask you what instrument, um, when, you know, when people ask you what kind of music 
do you like to play? The, the answer for a musician working in New York is usually like, hey, what kind did you need? Um, <laughs> so that uh, the band you're talking about is, um, is a project that I've been working on for the past four or five years with a, a co-leader, Rob Sussman, who plays the trombone. And it's just an incredible group of instrumentalists. And we play, um, as you said, there's a couple of rules for the band in our head. One rule for the band is that, that nobody's solo should go on for half an hour. You should never <laughs> have that feeling that, the, that we all have to leave the stage. Um, the other thing is that uh, a lot of jazz music is based on popular song forms. And uh, so I'm real familiar with popular song forms from the American songbook that my parents would have listened to. But most of the public isn't today. So, you know, we play takes on stuff like Cream's I Feel Free and um, oh. George Harrison tunes and um, uh, Everything I Do Gonna Be Funky From Now On by Alan Toussaint. And so a bunch of music that's a little more contemporary and then the original material in the band is based on that. Um, so we've gotten some nice critical attention for that. We've gotten press, uh, national and international press that likes that. We've gotten some radio play here in New York and in Chicago and in Asia. And uh, none of that makes us any particular rich situation, but it, it uh, allows us to keep doing it. You know, it's motivation to keep doing it. <laughs> All right, let me ask you a question. Have you come across the so-called greats, you know, na name-wise greats like Miles Davis, Charlie Bird Parker, or uh, say Thelonious Monk, or Charles, well, I know Claire, I think she was with Charles Mingus, Dizzy Gillespie, Herbie Hancock. Have you seen any of these people? Sure. Have you ever, have you ever, what do they call it, jamming? What do you well, the, the fellow that I worked for that's in that category, uh, the, so, so everybody except Herbie Hancock that you just mentioned is now not no longer with us. Right. Um, and so the one thing I should say is that having the opportunity to have played with some of those people is remarkable. Yeah. Um, the, the one that I worked for, for a number of years, and I probably learned the most from say jamming with, um, is a, a, a saxophone player and composer named Ornette Coleman, Ornette who, Coleman. um, is, was famous for, um, famous for basically in 1959, the creation of free jazz, um, mm -hmm. And remember, when you're thinking about free jazz, that's a verb, it's not a noun. So when you say free jazz, that was right. what he was trying to do. Um, and there's an Ornette Coleman project that I'm working on now um, that's going to be at BAM in the beginning of May. And wow. there are six original composers uh, creating works based on Ornette's record, The Shape of Jazz to Come. And there'll be a, a jazz band that will feature uh, his son, Donardo Coleman, who played with him for many, many years. And then there will be original sort of classical 
you would call them works, original concert hall works that are based on the six selections from Shape of Jazz to Come, um, written by uh, contemporary composers. And I'm sort of the music librarian editor, you know, sort of working on that because that's something that I did for Ornette for many years. So um, uh, it's uh, a great organization. It's the Bang on the Can organization in Brooklyn at the uh, uh, the big What's concert it called? hall. There, it's the the band is the it's the Bang on a Can organization, <laughs> and uh, there it's I think it's the first of May. I know it's the first weekend of May, um, and it's that's going to be a fabulous sort of music music in homage to Ornette Coleman. And there's a lot of music oh. like that now that you can hear. Um, uh, you mentioned Mingus, you know, the Mingus dynasty band is still alive and kicking and hmm. they do a lot of playing um, with, uh, you know, Ron Blake, the Barry player from Saturday night live often plays with them. So, and you mentioned uh, Claire playing with them. She plays Barry with them sometimes. And oh, cool. so it's a, that's a fantastic band too. Okay, is Thelonious Monk the best piano player you've ever heard? <laughs> Too strange a question. Sorry, Thelonious Excellent. Monk is Th Thelonious Monk is a unique voice. Let's say that, and what what he had, mm -hmm. what he had was that unique voice. I never heard him play live. Um, the probably the most famous piano players that I heard live were Duke Ellington, Count Basie, and a, and a guy named Earl Hines. All right. Um, so who was better, Duke, Count Basie, or this Heinz creature? Who was well, who's, who was the best out of the that that trio? I, again, of greats of all greats. of those all of those great musicians did spoke with their own voice. What makes them great is their ability to speak with their own voice. So, um, you know, is. Uh, is Michelangelo a greater painter than uh, Leonardo? That's mm. they they the fact that they each have their own voice um, makes makes them great. And for me, something that's that's appealing as I get older is the longevity. Somebody like Earl Hines or Duke Ellington or Benny Carter or Ornette who continued to be a relevant voice later in their life instead of just being sort of, you know, popular when they were 25 or something. All right. So you talked about free jazz. How much does this free jazz cost? No, that's just a joke. <laughs> but um, was there a lot of improvisation that went on in early jazz? Is there improvisation that still goes on? What's I up pulled, with that? I pulled the, uh, I pulled my, Headphones out of my ears. Was there a lot of imposition that went on with early what? With early jazz. Is is there still improvisation that goes on with jazz? Well, absolutely. In fact, I would call that, uh, I would call improvisation part of the definition of what would make something jazz music. So um, you could put a lot of labels on this but i would call the the ability the ability to improvise on some sort of structure or framework fundamental to what jazz music was and um in the early days of jazz in the beginning of you know remember that a lot of times 
this music is a kind of um, melting pot is a strange word to use, but mm. uh, in the in the early days before the age of the internet and our ability to do what we're doing here, um, the music you heard was the music you heard in your local joint. You know, mm. you went and heard something. So um, there were a lot of people who traveled and that's they sort of spread the word as sort of traveling musicians um it wasn't you know you didn't get a broadcast and get seven million hits on spotify in the first month you mm -hmm. you could have been a great musician and lived in dearborn michigan and nobody outside of dearborn ever heard you so it was the people coming and going through those things mm. Okay, so what's going on with Feng Shui now? Thanks for asking. I appreciate you asking that. So, um, the you know, COVID has been an interesting thing. Uh, the, yeah. We had a bunch of projects designed to be paced out, the PACE, P-A-C-E-D, stepped out one at a time uh, in the beginning of the year. And a lot of them got canceled because of Omicron. So, which always sounds like uh, Ultraman or something like that. But Omicron yeah. canceled a lot of these projects. So we've just yeah. recently finished three of them all together. One of them was a live stream from the Culture Lab in Long Island City, which you can still find on YouTube if you're interested. One of them was um, a live performance at Chelsea Table and Stage. In the afternoon, they have a wonderful... They, a thing they call the badass brunch where they have big bands for brunch. So we did that the, the weekend ago. And right. then we also like to play up at the shrine on 134th street in Adam Clayton Powell. Um, we try to do that like eight to 10 on a Friday night. And cause there's a big local crowd that comes and hears us there. So are those free gigs basically? Um, each Talking one has a different free jazz. thing. Free jazz, exactly. So the the live stream was free to listen to. Okay. Um, but just like here, you're encouraged to contribute your nickels and pennies and quarters if you're live streaming and listen to it. Um, the, the gigs at the Shrine are, there is no cover or minimum, and that's kind of a great opportunity because mm -hmm. people can come up and do it. Um, and then the the brunch the badass brunch series does have uh, a ticket price but it's credited like a minimum towards your food so you'd end up spending you know you'd end up spending 20 bucks or so if you just wanted to sit and listen but if you wanted to sit right. and have brunch it would end up being <clears throat> the cost of the brunch so it pays it balances itself <clears throat> out i know in some practices of yoga i think it's bikram yoga it's supposed to be free and people are supposed to give whatever they want or can afford. And a good friend of mine, who's a teacher of yoga, by the way, told me that usually when people are given this choice, they actually give more than, than what would have been asked. Do you think that's true with things? I, I think we share this friend and I would, and I, I sort of have that experience only because uh, that goes to the whole movement in dining where you pay what you think it's worth. Right. right. Um, I've heard about and this. that it seems a little crazy, um, right. but it, yes, it makes a kind of sense. So it, but 
to from the point of view of a of a a person making music the thing that that you should know and the audience should know just like in comedy we're all sort of there are multiple relationships there's the creators of the music there are the people who organize the whole musical thing and then there's the venue you know everybody needs to have you know we want right. the jazz joints to make money so that they stay open we don't have an adversarial relationship someplace like the village vanguard or Birdland, or the Shrine, or Chelsea Table and Stage, we all have good relationships with those venues because we want them to grow. There because are the, goal, the goal is the same, basically. The goal is the same, is to have people hearing music that's that's now, that's not... Um, that, that's not a you know a record or a recreation that's hearing something that's that's being created in the moment. Do you think jazz has changed now? You you talked about now. Do you think jazz has changed from being kind of traditional, kind of you know sounds coming from anywhere, at any time, to a more formatted or or more audience pleasing way of like when I saw your group Feng Shui. I was just delighted. I, I couldn't believe what I saw because I had gone to Birdland, Bitter End, everywhere in the early days. And uh, because, you know, that's what I do. I go places, but now I don't go anywhere. It seems I just sit here in my underwear and do these interviews. So, but I used to go out at one time and, uh, you know, there was more, it was totally different. It was a totally different scene. Well, then you could smoke at those places too. And there was the crush of like fumes of smoke coming up. And then there was somebody playing, you know, hitting the drums or something. And then the bass would start, the big upright bass. What does that weigh? About 100 pounds, Dave? It's not that it's heavy. It's just awkward. It's very awkward. And then that would come on. And it would be almost like this fractious event going on. Some people are into that. The Aardvark, not so crazy about fractious stuff going on because his attention span's terrible anyway. So he's like this, you know. But what do you think? Do you think it's changed? Well, originally, the, originally jazz, the, the concept of jazzing something up, whoop, 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 um, a small amount of original take on something that was listenable so i i have to say we're it's an interesting question i don't i don't i think that your ability to it as a listener your ability to make an endless amount of choices now leaves room for all of those things i don't think that it's you know the art is being curated much less specifically than it was just five years ago or 10 years ago. Right. So um, so I think it's possible for you to have whatever you want to listen to and the person down the hall to have whatever he or she or they want to listen to and it keeps working. Yeah, but times move on, Dave. Times move on. So I know you're painting a pretty picture of, you know, everybody's got their own tastes and everything, but times do change. And, uh, you know, this is why the millennials and those those freaky little bunch, you know, call us granddad or, you know, you know, what is it? There's a saying they have. Do you remember? Boomer. Boomer. Yeah. Boomer. Later, boomer. 
yeah, later boomer. So that's, you know, which I laugh at because I understand where they're coming from. You know, a lot of people get insulted, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, you know. And then there are these commercials on TV about these old people trying to buy shirts or something. and just... uh, Or like the old people that are in, we, we like the commercials on TV where the old people are trying to like, uh, like go to the ball game or keep their house up, you know, where you've turned into thing. People say like, don't print the internet. You don't yeah. need to print the internet to this. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Times, I, I think, I think things change, but. Because I, I believe, and I'm going to say this, you know, and I say a lot of things out of my ass anyway, so why not now? So I believe that feng shui wouldn't be as great as it is now if it didn't go with the times. Well, so whenever anybody says something nice to you, you should say thank you. So yes, thank you. Uh, that I, But that's part of, part of the concept is... So I well I have to admit that so the a lot of the music that I'm creating around that band it sounds to me in my imagination like like 1970s TV show themes. Oh, that's cool. Because that kind of resonates with me. Um so but to your point I think basing this improvisational this improvisational kind of framework on something that isn't made in 1940 is certainly a big plus um do i think you know there are there are others making probably much more contemporary sounds some of which we may or may not be digging ourselves so that goes back to my comment about like there's there's a path for you to find something to listen to all right so let me let me just make a point about my own experience i learn things through experiences a lot of times rather than people saying this is what to do or whatever i gotta experience it so the aardvark you know went to your show it was on broadway i forget the name of the place begin with an r or something did you go to the i think you went to the one at prohibition that's it. Prohibition, I, I believe it was. Yes. Which I think I think they're getting back started up again. Okay, so I walked out of that club. You know, I think there was an intermission or some shit going on. With a smile on my face and a happy happiness in my heart. Now, I remembered going to shows in the 80s and stuff like this. Basically wanted to put my head in the oven. Now, okay, it was a different aardvark back then. You know, but... I wasn't really as happy and, you know, like upbeat, you know, when when I heard that music as when I heard Feng Shui performing at, what was the name of the club again? Prohibition. We have to Prohibition, Prohibition and they'll be up and running soon. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I mean, that's, that's part of what we're doing with that experience that's not the only art that we're you know that's not the only art that we're making or that i'm making or that you know that's not the only thing i do to get through the day but yes the if your if your question is 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 that band motivated is feng shui motivated to to have a lot of energy and excitement and a positive take on things 
that's the entire premise of right. because what we're a lot building. of times I don't want the music to make me think and be pensive. I want it to entertain me and make me feel good. Easy sure. as that, you know. I think it was Mo from the Three Stooges once said, "A lot of times people want to laugh with their mouths and not with their minds." And I totally believe that, you know, the great uh, Mo. Uh, Deep thoughts this? from Mo. There you go. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> they made a lot of money. Dizzy Gillespie said, "Ubop shabam." What does that mean? Ubop shabam. It's just it, um, it's onomatopoeia. It's a phrase. It's you know, it's a sound that sounds like a sound. Yeah, that's a good question too. Why did they make all those jerky noises and 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 just words in jazz? Well, because is it because we're okay? So we're, there are two. We're a cool cat, baby. I'm a cool there cat. There are two. There are two. There are two takes on what this is. So, Ubop Shabam, which also happens to the, be the name of uh, G Min Lee's. Um, Saturday jazz program on Korean radio. Um, Ubop Shabam is a is a phrase like bebop or Scooby Doo, which sounds which sounds like the music. But if you're asking why why there's sort of a hipster language, yeah, yeah, you know why there's like the whole laying a finger aside of his smeller and giving a nod, he went down to the cellar kind of thing. Um, that's that's exclusionary on purpose. I mean, a, a lot of a lot of counterculture languages, whether it's a hip hop language or a beatnik language, or are designed to have an inside and an outside and define what that side is. I mean, like you know, we had the summer of love in '69. You got to remember that there were a bunch of hippies standing around trying to take everybody to a better place, and there were a bunch of beatniks that were convinced the world was going to help and they were just going to go on their own side. They were mm. like, I am just, you know, right. Later right. for so, you gate. I'm out of here. I saw an episode and the aardvark is working on a film right now. It's a film noir, which is incredible. I've never been in a black and white film before. So this is wonderful, but I I've been watching Perry Mason and I've it, been watching Perry Mason. Look at this, but there's, they have a jazz motif in one of these shows and the jazz people like calling Perry and the other guy daddy O or something like right. this. And yep. they are, they, they are pictured as a separate entity of society, just as you said, you know, on purpose, they're on not, pur- they're not, it's not accidental. It's not like they don't know any better. It's like, they're like, you know, yo pops, you're not digging where I'm coming from, but this, right. you know, that's exactly later what they were gator, saying. You know, you got the replete and the toot suit and we're not doing any of this stuff with you. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Squares can go home. Right. But is, was this a reaction to what society was going on at the time sure. with wars and, you sure. know, and us being involved in things that other people, uh, our own younger culture, it said, no, no. I mean, this is sort of the, the, to me, it's sort of a reaction of the, you know, the lost generation after World War One is pretty famous, but there was that you're talking about the the next lost generation, the lost generation after World War Two um, and that whole Perry Mason era when we're talking about 50s hipsters is yeah, yeah. just people who are too cool for school. But right. the other thing while we're while we're talking about Perry Mason here is <laughs> the band 
in those shows, the, the music. So first of all, Perry Mason is doing like 30 episodes a season, right? right. They're not doing six episodes. They're doing, you can look at season two, episode 36. You're like, Oh my God. And, and the writing is stupendous. And the music is stupendous, not just the themes, but if you listen to how carefully every action is scored, um, that's part of the characteristic of film noir is that you have such great jazz writing in something like, you know, Anatomy of a Murder, where you have Duke Ellington and Billy Strayhorn writing for Jimmy Stewart. And it just the amazing amount of of. diegetic and non-diegetic music that's happening yeah, we don't know what diegetics means all right but thank you uh, i know you <laughs> with the big words but dave i don't care about jimmy stewart or or the rabbit or Perry the rabbit i care about you were you in the tv were you on tv at all i've i've done playing a couple playing of, music or i haven't I, I haven't done any live playing on tv um i have done some writing some scoring for shows i worked for a while for you remember when court TV was a thing, they had their own channel and they would have, they would produce various uh, episodes about things. And so uh, in the usual, you know, usual way you get to know a producer or a director. And he says, you know, this is the kind of music I'd like for this. Will you do it? So Hmm. um, I did uh, a lot of music is done sort of in the computer i was somebody who was good at writing for live instruments and keeping it to a budget so i did a lot of film noir ish kind of uh stuff for uh court tv and a couple of other cable things Um, all right last time i was on screen was on uh negan farsad's comedy the third street blackout and what, uh what is that if Megan. there was a there was a movie called the third street blackout third street about five blackout. years ago it was a comedy award winner for uh negan farsad and she produced this uh incredibly fun movie about the blackout and um mike sansonia and i are part of a band playing in a bar down in the village probably in just kind of the same kind of uh noir kind of scenario that you're expecting um and that's that was an opportunity to play live on screen to sort of be uh, what happened in Hollywood a whole lot of times where you where you had uh, guys who were um, we were were essentially extras, but were extras with a skill set. Right. All right. So Kellyanne's in the waiting room in the green Hi, room right now. I don't know if she'll get on. But I don't know. Teddy may be in the bathroom or something. I don't know where the hell he is. But uh, you know, there was a question on Facebook. Some jerk off on Facebook. He he said some post or something. What is the best theme music from any TV show you've ever heard? And do you know what I picked, Dave Morgan? What I picked the show Peter Gunn. I think Peter Gunn is also is a great theme. I love that that din din. So you know that's that's a Henry Mancini theme. That is Henry Mancini. And okay. so you'd also have to say another great theme by Henry Mancini is the Pink Panther. Oh, he did that too. And Holy Breakfast shit. at Tiffany's. Wow. So uh, so Man- Mancini is pretty great at those themes. Perry Mason would count as a pretty great theme tune, though. Yeah, well, yeah. it's okay. It's it's not. But like, yes, the the Peter. I really Gunn like theme, the Peter Gunn, which sounds like Courageous Cat. 
Yeah, yeah. But yep. did you know Henry Mancini? I didn't know Henry Mancini. Oh, I thought you knew him. All right, so what about theater? Have you been in the pit? You ask a good question. I hadn't even thought about that. I just I recently finished doing uh, a show up at Arc Stages, uh, John Michael Chiruso's uh, See What I Want to See. And uh, the interesting thing about playing in the orchestra pits for me is usually the number of different instruments that you have to play. This show On this show, I played the flute and the piccolo, the penny whistle, the ditzi, the uh, shakuhachi, and then the soprano and tenor saxophone. So sometimes you, you know, guys are writing a whole bunch of effects and it ends up just being one person doing it. So that was a fun show. There were, there were, uh, there's a relatively small pit. We got, got to use the original, uh, orchestration. My friend, uh, Adam up there at arc stages in Pleasantville, they have a, a, uh, they have what they call their next stage, which is their equity theater. And about once a year, they try to do an original work or an un, you know, an underperformed work in an equity sort of equity right, so scenario. You create music, you perform music. Would you also call yourself a composer of sorts? Sure. Yeah. So if I had a job and I was working on a TV thing or movie thing and somebody asked, you know, because I, I, been asked to cast things, and now I have casting credits. I could say, I know this guy, Dave Morgan, and he's an excellent composer, without lying. You could, yes. <laughs> you could. <coughs> what is I mean, fee? usually somebody... Is, is, is there a pat fee for that, that you charge? These people? Uh, <laughs> it's complicated. No. You don't have to give me an exact no, figure. It's, it's, just... it's not, I mean... Uh, largely, it des- it depends on the scope of the project. Oh, you know whether it's um, how many hours you think will be involved. How many hours you think it is? How much writing? How much music there is? Um, and uh, unfortunately, you know this from being an actor. One of the tragedies in life is that usually, before anybody comes to you with a creative project, they already have a budget in mind. Yes. Yes, they don't usually come and say, is no. there a fee you charge? They usually come and say, right. we need this done and we'd like to pay this much for it. And then right, you can but decide, you know, you could choose and there's whole, a union just that. like you. There's a union too. That, oh, you know, so are you in are, the union? I'm in the union. So there are what union sales for the uh, American Federation of Musicians. And in New York, it's the local 802. Okay. So you get a standard fee whenever you do some, one of these jobs? Well, it, just like equity or SAG, you get the standard fee whenever the producer is a signatory to a union contract. Right. So you could do a, something on a buyout or something as an independent. But right. um, if you're doing an equity showcase, you get what equity has negotiated and what that theater has paid. And the same thing's true of if you play a Broadway show, nobody asks you how much you want for it. They say, this is what it pays. Right. right which is about 4000 5000 a week or something. Well, it's a nice, I mean, as you know, the thing about the the Broadway which is probably the top theater experience um in the country, the thing about Broadway theaters is it pays well when you're working. Oh yeah, it pays but really it, well. But it doesn't pay really well when you're not working. So look at the shows that are with COVID, we still have shows that are on hiatus for, a, you know, 
that's a new thing where you get to take off, you know, the producers are like, we're not going to be open for three weeks. Hmm. So it's in the old days, they would close a show. Now they're able to apparently put it on hiatus, um, which is tricky. So the people who are doing the people who are making their living playing in the orchestra pits on Broadway, really, you know, they need the steady employment because they have lives to live too. All right, what would your ideal thing be? What if somebody offered you something to just be a composer, to get your group together, your people together? They, you could set it up in your apartment, in your studio, whatever, or, or the studio supplies you with a studio, whatever. Rather than actually performing, you could just sit on your ass, compose, write some shit up, you know, get your people together. And then you wouldn't need to perform anymore. Or would you say, no, I still want to. I still think I'd rather play. Really? I don't particularly want to do that. Um, I've done. uh, At various stages in my life, I've been a producer, an arranger, a contractor. Um, I've done, you know, I've done that for theater work. I've done that for um, weddings and parties and corporate events. I've done that for some film work. And it, it, you know, it's, it's sort, for me, it's more rewarding to not have to manage all the details. Right. It's more rewarding to, to have a lane to sort of ride in. Right, but do you have a manager for your band? No. How does but that But we'll work? accept management. We end up doing it ourselves, you know. Oh, shit. Um I mean that usually in in the current world different managers, you know, we've we've hired publicists at different times, but different managers are good for different areas of work. But you know, um to use an analogy and not to you know, get behind the audience here, but like it used to be if you had a good manager and you could do comedy and you could do the college circuit, then there was, then there was a way to do a reel that could get you three or six months worth of work a year on the college circuit. Um, In the music business, they've stopped doing that. And basically those budgets are hitting, you know, hitting headliners Instead of having like something once a month, they're having something once a semester and they're paying you two or Billy Joel or somebody to do that. Oh. Huh. You see Kellyanne struggling to get on, apparently. I know, Teddy. Uh, you know, I, I won't do your show if you keep pulling this shit. All right. <laughs> uh, it's hard getting good help these days. Uh, let me ask you a, a question about dollars and cents. All right. We're talking a b- little bit about this now. Nonsense or? Oh. Nonsense. Yeah. Nonsense. Does the time come when you're performing at a club and you say, wow, they, they're really offering me shit here. I, I got to say no to this thing, even though I want to play. I want to sure. play. I want to perform. I got my, my bandmates here. You know, you know, they want money too and Uh, sure and one of the things you have to i you know i said this in praise of the clubs one of the things that i've had to learn as i matured as an artist that sounds fancy is that 
sometimes those clubs don't mean any disrespect. You know, they just have their right. they have their market. They have what they do. So right. Well, coming out of the pandemic as well, yeah, they're hurt. They're hurting too, right? They're presumably they're hurting and uh, crazy things that we didn't have to think about before. Like right. if if you have a if you have a small club and you're paying rent, you're probably out of business. But if you have a small club and you own your building, you might still be in business. And if you have a small club and you have some kind of niche market where you can sell a lot of falafel as takeout, then you can stay in business. Right. Okay. Okay. You we're know, getting, all the stuff. Yeah, we're the going model, around the question I asked here. I'm Ronald, talking around the Ronald question. Reagan. Yeah. All right. What do you so, do? So, you know, at certain what sometimes do you, you do is the question. On. Sometimes you, you have to move on. Sometimes. Do you say no? Do you say no? Sometimes you say no. Of course we say no. I say no, and everybody I know says no to, uh, you know, to things that aren't worth doing. How many people? That, are that doesn't mean I might not say yes tomorrow. I don't know. Uh, how many people are in your current band? The uh, the Feng Shui NYC band is 13 people. It's nine horns and four rhythm. And the rhythm section is guitar, bass, drums, and percussion, which makes it oh, kind shit. of more exciting. Does anybody ever sing? Nobody ever sings. Good, good, nice. Just getting sick of because singers become singers, you know, and then you have, you have, you have, you have people in the band do sing. They just don't sing in this circumstance. All right, I understand. We've got a couple of jing, a couple of people who are sort Can of retired. Can you sing? Jingles. Can you sing? Only if you make me. Do you want but to? Yes, sing? I, I could sing, play? but I don't sing for money. Do you play saxophone? Yes. Do you want to play? Not right now. I don't want to play. I'm not going to sing. Kellyanne wants me to sing. I'm not going to sing now. No. Do I want to play live? No, I don't you want to sing. Live. You said I don't want to sing. You see how I don't want to sing. I don't want to sing. You see, if you hip, could get me to sing, right? It's a hypnotic trick. There's not room to dance. There's not right. All right. So, uh, usually people come on the show. They're ready to sing or play an instrument. I wasn't warned. Don't Can you dance? Prepared? I can't dance. All right, so I can't dance. I'm... I'd like to get Kelly on to get the three questions. I Kelly know, in, Kelly. In, do you want to just chat. type the three questions? Can you type the three questions, Kelly? Ann, if you're still with us, just got just got off the operating table to come to the show. That's Accepting how, that I won't sing. Go on from there. How devoted. This lady from Canada is, is to the show. And, you know, I didn't even know who she was. She said, let me ask some questions on the show. Yeah. I don't want to be on the sidelines. So I I haven't been able to get rid of her since. That, that's that been a couple of months or something. So, you know, that's, uh, that's Kellyanne, the Canadian goose. She said goddess, but I had to demote her from I goddess like ranks. Is... because Yeah, it was too egotistical. Oh, what a goose I am. Yeah, so... All right, I'll throw one question at you, by the way, here. Right. If you were on a deserted island, right, and you had to listen to somebody playing music, some, some, somebody playing music, who, who would you want to play the music on the deserted island who wouldn't make you wretch so badly or whatever? You know, that's kind of a classic question, um, the <laughs> desert island discs. And I'm, I'm going to... Uh, Hmm. And that's a hard question. Uh, there are, I'm going to, I'm going to narrow my answers a couple of places. Um, one is 
uh, I'm going to try to think about in answering that question, I'm going to try to think about people who are alive today and making new music because the, the wealth of recorded music, I, you know, everybody, every jazz musician right. in the world would have to say, well, I would listen to Louis Armstrong and Charlie Parker. Oh, I like uh, Louis Armstrong. Miles, Miles Davis famously said, there are four words that define jazz, Charles Parker and Louis Armstrong. So, um, but there are a couple of people I, I get All a right. lot of joy out of listening to a, a trumpet player called Seneca Black. Seneca Black. Seneca Black, who plays trumpet in um, in the feng shui band, and he plays trumpet in a bunch of different ensembles. Okay. Um, you can hear him in a lot of different places. He plays with Arturo or Farrell. Um, right, yeah. And he's kind of an amazing trumpet player. I always love to listen to him play. Um, I lo love to listen to an alto player who plays with me a bunch called Jeff Burke. Jeff um, Burke. Who who plays uh, also works okay. for Harry Connick. <coughs> Sorry, I didn't uh, know I was on. We can see you there, Kelly. That's true. Kelly Ann, you made it. All right, so those are good. Two good names, Kelly Ann. Uh, can you dissolve the food food in your mouth right now? For, for the, I'm gonna stuff in my face. Right off the operating table, the Canadian goose flies south. So, uh, goose, how are you? How's your tummy, darling? Um, well, hopefully, hopefully you'll be better soon. Um, hi, Dave. I'm Kellyanne. Hi, Kellyanne. It seems like my I, connection is a little broken up. So yeah. Can you still hear me? Okay. Yeah. It's just your I, face is like not making sounds. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Kellyanne, do you have a question for Dave Morgan, our special guest and, you know, musical genius, I have to say. Yeah, well, you know, I'm sitting in my car and I'm enjoying a, a, a fancy lemonade from um, a very famous Tim Hortons in Canada. And Dave, what is your favorite drink? What is my favorite oh. drink? Um, I have to admit, this sounds so pedestrian, but I'm enjoying <laughs> the coffee here. I, I have uh, it, the the pandemic has made me a huge coffee fan. Um I've gotten several little d devices to make coffee in my house. I'm not a big Starbucks fan. I'm a, you know, a big sort of like Kerrig and different coffee maker fans. So that's been my thing of late. All right. Okay, that was, that's a great answer. That's a well, great answer. Um, it was pretty Starbucks pedestrian. Coffee, it was pretty pedestrian. But go ahead, Kellyanne. Do you have a, another question for Dave, the coffee drinker? I want to say I'm not a Starbucks fan either. I feel I feel if you drink Starbucks, you're just melting your teeth. But um, yeah, my other question would be is I missed most of the interview. I was, I was cutting in and out trying to find a connection. But um, Dave, what is what is your favorite place? To, like, where is your favorite place to visit? Hmm. hmm. I if I'm going to make broadly speaking visit, um, I have I got to tell you I have I'm lucky enough right now to have five grandchildren. Oh. And so all oh. of my kids and grandchildren live in North Carolina and that has become oh. my favorite uh, place to visit. Wow. It's not Canada. Um, how, oh. how many, like how, what are the ages of your grandkids? Ooh, that sounds like a quiz question. Uh, five, five, three, three, one. And wow maybe three months he knows wow. these answers holy shit i got five grandkids too wow 
Wow. You're also old. <laughs> All right, Kellyanne, do you have a third question, my dear? My dear. Yeah, my third question, Dave, would be um, um, what is your favorite time of day? Um, morning <laughs> your or night? Time of day? Favorite time of like, day. You know, some people are morning people, some people are night people. I want to yeah. know. We're going to have to change this. We're going to have to change it to Kellyanne's crackhead question. I think yeah. my favorite time of day uh, we're approaching now is sunset. I'm lucky Ooh. enough to live. Um, I'm lucky enough to live on Riverside Drive in New York, and I can you can see yeah. the sun coming up here. And I I like to watch the sunset over the river, and I uh, yeah. I like to go to the Beautiful. beach and watch the sunset over the Great South Bay. And so, whenever sunset is, uh, usually is my favorite time of day. Yeah, he's got a beautiful apartment. I've been there many times. Oh, wait a minute! I've never been invited. All right, so what, Dave, Andrew, what's your favorite time of day? Since it's a crackhead question. All right, anytime I wake up alive, it seems at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's a win. Good answer. Yeah, yeah that's a good answer. answer. How are you feeling, Kellyanne? You know, Kellyanne was very sick today. Someone with a bladder or some shit. Yeah, I had surgery um, last year, and they hit my bladder, and ever since then I've had problems. And so, um, yeah, I'm, but I'm, I'm due to go back into the hospital. Uh, they wanted to go on Wednesday, but I can't I, I can't do it because of the medication I'm on. So I have to uh, wait until, like, May 5th to get back in. So, But that's good news because I've been waiting a long time. Okay, so... You know, if you're interested in being a co-host of the show after May 5th, please send me an email. <laughs> Kellyanne, I'm lost without you. Ask, ask Dave. I was floundering here. I didn't know what the fuck to do. Well, and I'm kind of a little bit lost, too, because I wasn't, I wasn't getting in, and then my head went into mush. Yeah. Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. Teddy does four different jobs at once. He's a very busy professional man. Oh, you know. Are you going to yeah, ask me any of my favorite questions? Like, what's the name of the production company, Kellyanne? I had a, I had to actually do What's the name of the production company? Hello, hooray! She almost got it wrong. <laughs> See, sometimes, Dave, I'll ask the questions out of order, and she won't know what to do because they're out of order. <laughs> That's the only question you can ask me, though. <laughs> you only get one today. Oh, Eastport, Maine. Is that a friend of yours? Good. Eastport, Maine. No, no. Kenny Small said that there's a good sunrise there, and that that's that's absolutely oh, that's true. That's Kenny. I know Ken. Hi, Ken. How are you? Hi, Ken. Always good to see you, Ken. Um, have you ever played the saxophone on the beach? I have. Oh, my God, that'd be amazing. What's the story behind that? I heard about this. School. Well, happened? the thing about playing the saxophone on the beach, the one thing you have to watch out for is the uh, the amount of moisture and salt air there affecting right. the, uh, the the instrument. It can Everything can get all sticky if you're not careful. What was this for an MTV be? video shoot? Nah, I forget what it was for. It was for some kind of TV thing. Right, right. So, uh, do you have anything? We have our se 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 sessions. We're in sessions, Daddy O. So, we have a section in the show called Shameless Promotions. Do, <coughs> do you have anything, Daddy O, to promote? Yes, I would say if you if you heard us talking about this Feng Shui band, Feng Shui. the next time you can hear this is May thirteenth at the Shrine on one hundred and thirty fourth at Adam Clayton Powell. 
or May 15th at Chelsea Table and Stage on 26th Street in uh, Sunday afternoon. And so you can find us on uh, Facebook or Instagram or any of those places, uh, Feng Shui NYC. And if you want to go there, uh, you'll you'll see our upcoming events to do that. That's the, the next two times we're going to be playing live. And uh, this summer we'll we'll be working on a new record. So looking wow. for probably a fall or winter release for the the our 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 record that you can buy now is called Shark NATO on a Plane. Shark NATO on a Plane. Uh, it's the number one single from the tune from the uh, record Shark NATO on a Plane. It's an incredible cover. Um, you would love it. Andrew, you got to look this up because you'll get such a kick out of this cover. Um, and we're on Zoho Records, Z-O-H-O Records, and we're live streaming on all the platforms. So you can look at us, you can listen to us on YouTube or Spotify or yeah. uh, whatever platform doesn't pay us any money you can find. All right. So somebody wants to go to one of these shows. Do they have to buy tickets online? Thank you for finding that. Do you have to buy, buy tickets online uh, for the shrine show? Uh, for the shrine show, no. Thank you, Teddy. That's great, Teddy. For the shrine show, no. But for the um, uh, for the Chelsea Table and Stage show, yes. There you can see a poster for one of these upcoming events. Okay, so before you go, you should check online to see. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Teddy Table putting that up for us. That's very nice. Oh, Teddy's good. He's very busy. Great man. job, he's, Teddy. Thank you. He's a Great professional, uh, unlike you. myself, who's not a professional. All right. So, <laughs> Kellyanne, I was very worried about you. You must know that. And, uh, and you must know that. All right. Know what I mean? See, that's happy music. That's that was happy. Talking. I'm glad you liked that's it. Fantastic. That's fantastic. That was great. Arra- I've seen them. Yeah. That was a Chris Anderson arrangement of of uh, George Gershwin's "Summer to Summer to Summer to Summer," featuring uh, Seneca Black playing that high trumpet part. At the end there. Wow, that trumpet was lit, bro. Yep. Kellyanne, do you have any further questions for our esteemed guest today, Mr. Dave Morgan of the Funk Shui Band? Yeah, what is the favorite place that that you played in? Um, we've this new joint I'm liking a lot. This place where you just heard that record from. It's um, uh, my friend Jerry Corman was curating it. It's, it's a new place. Um, they have the Shark Bar on the roof at the Hilton on 26th Street, and this place is oh, wow. downstairs. Um, and they're doing live music uh, seven nights a uh, six nights in an afternoon. Um, very exciting, really good sound system, really good stage, really good setup, great place to listen, good food, uh, a win in every way. So uh, that's a place I recommend as a new place in New York to go uh, hear some live music. All right, let me ask you a question before we wrap up soon. But And then Kellyanne, you can ask a question. But as a young comedian, I remember they used to give us drink tickets in lieu of mo- actual money. I was I- never a young comedian. All right. So at the end of the night, I drank a bit. 
So I would actually owe the bar <laughs> money. So I would make no money plus owe the bar money. Do they do that in your business, give you drink tickets? Yes, they do that in business. Very good. Kellyanne, did you have a question? Yeah, I, I was wondering, is there a big difference um, in playing, like, when you're indoors and outdoors? Like, like, is there something that you have to do? Yeah, you know, you have, you're outdoors, you're particularly subject to the power of the sound man because the sound you make uh, outside is uh, gets dissipated, goes away very quickly. I will tell you... Yeah. Um, the but I loved playing outdoors during the COVID, you know, the sort of COVID disasters. We were lucky enough. Uh, Gail Brewer had us play a bunch of places in New York down at Worldwide Plaza and stuff like that. And we were really lucky to be able to play outdoors because that was a place where you could pull a crowd and not worry about it. Go ahead, yeah, I was always curious about that. Thanks for answering that. That's a good question. I wish somebody would buy me a ticket some some fucking place. All right, so um, thank you, Kelly. And we're going to close up the show now because uh, uh, it's been like an hour. I mean, I can't yeah, do this gotta... all night here. You know, I'm sorry, <laughs> Kellyanne, about your sickness. I hope you heal up because I don't want to find another fucking co-host. But well, I just uh, think next next week I'm going to be we're well I'm going to be in Hawaii. Oh, so and you're I'll be get... on the show. Will you be filming live from Hawaii next week? I'm going to be filming live from Hawaii. I'm like, hopefully I can get some data and I'll be on a beach, but probably not. <laughs> wow. So the goose is flying. Some place. The goose is flying to the Hawaiian islands. Is that true? Yeah, I'm going there on Saturday. Okay. I, your arms must be so tired. Dave, do you have anything to say? <laughs> no, I'm grateful for an opportunity to be on here and talk to the people. Andrew, I appreciate it. It's uh, good to see you. Kelly, it's nice to meet you. It was very nice meeting you, Dave. Thank you. And um, thank I you, really Dave. apologize for being late. And That's thank okay. you, Kenny. It's so nice uh, watching the show, Kenny. Always good, man. Thanks and for the tech. Thank you, Kellyanne. The name of the production company is Kellyanne? Hello, hooray. What's the name of the show? Say she can't do it Ard if they don't go. No, well. I seen it. I can't, no, I was looking for where it says Aardvark interviews. Live. <laughs> she, 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 she's looking at the board. Aardvark interview. <laughs> What's the name of the Patreon no. account? Okay. Um, Hello, Hooray Live. Yeah. And Aardvark or, or, or Aardvark interviews, right? Yeah. All right. Very good. It's a clean right. sweep for Kellyanne tonight. Yeah. It was good. Good. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. All right. Thank you, touch. Andrew. And maybe I'll Thank see Feng so Shui again, hopefully. So Let's watch, hope. we'll look online soon. for that Feng Come Shui. Come in May. Feng Shui NYC. All right. If I'm in Look New on York. the YouTube. Listen tunes. Thank All you. Right. Thank you, Teddy, our erstwhile producer. Watch us every Monday night at 5.30 p.m. Don't forget the Patreon accounts. I can't pay for Kellyanne's trips to Hawaii every month. Help us. All right. Thanks a lot, Andrew. I'll see you. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Kenny. Did we dance? <laughs> Is Teddy sleeping again? <laughs> He's not going to let us go. Are we hey. I'm going to leave. He's holding so a sausage. <laughs> Dave's just going to leave. That's what I'm going to do. I'll see you. <laughs> see you, Dave. Thank you, Kelly. They're freaking stuffing my face, and I go, Can you see Kelly? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Uh, look, oh, ooh, look at that two exclamation points. He's yelling at me now. Look, it says, just log off. Just log off. I don't like the exclamation points, Teddy. We have to discuss the exclamation points. I'm glad you're okay, okay are we, Kellyanne. Are we meeting after this? Or no, are we done? I don't know. I think he's got an acting thing tonight. Is, is it okay. the same We're thing? I don't know. Do you want to come to the acting thing? I don't know. Yeah, same place? I'm right going to be here? home. Like it, it, I'm just right across the street, so yeah. just text me. Is it the same thing? The same code? Okay. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>